There's no secret formula for scaling support and boosting customer satisfaction. But there is the all-new service hub from HubSpot, bringing service and support together in one powerful platform so you can deliver the best experiences possible and free up reps' time with an AI-powered help desk. Also, you can keep customers happy. Secrets out. Service Hub is a game changer. Visit HubSpot.com service to learn more. What's going on, everyone? It's Wednesday, November 16th. I'm Zachary Crockett here with Rob Litterst, and you're listening to The Hustle Daily Show. Today, we're talking about a potentially big union push at Apple. The geniuses in those perfectly manicured white stores have had enough, apparently, and they're looking to band together and fight back against the Tim Cook regime's new policies. Rob's got the down low on that, but before we get into it, let's just go over a couple quick headlines in tech and business. The world population surpassed 8 billion people yesterday, according to UN projections. That's more than tripled since 1950, and it's expected to peak at around $10.4 billion in 2080. Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway disclosed a $4.1 billion stake in Taiwanese chip manufacturer TSMC, marking a rare tech investment for the company. Amazon recently decided to shut down its Amazon Care branch, but now it's launching Amazon Clinic. That's going to be a telehealth platform for common conditions. And in other news, Clippy is back. The office assistant is now the centerpiece of this year's $74.99 ugly sweater from Microsoft. Proceeds will go to the College Success Foundation. The UK Treasury is now communicating on the chat app Discord. Despite blocking comments, users are finding all kinds of creative ways to prank them, including a post that read, Welcome, lock up Prince Andrew. We hope we bought pizza. (laughs) That must be British humor because I don't get it. Ticketmaster crashed as a new Taylor Swift tickets went on sale. Her song, The Great War, was actually prepping us for the Battle of Ticketmaster, one fan tweeted. And lastly, someone just dropped $218,000 to buy Steve Jobs' old Birkenstocks. That's a record high for sandals sold at an auction. Someone keeps track of that. And that actually takes us nicely into our main story today, because we're talking about Apple. Apple store workers are considering a big union push. Is that right, Rob? That is exactly right. And I am just flabbergasted that somebody would pay six figures for <laughs> stinky sandals. If you've ever worn Birkenstocks, you know that they can you get know pretty they rank with too, wear. Like oh, a hundred percent. Did he shower? Like I think there's the <laughs> verdicts out on whether or not he had a shower in his daily regiment. But anyway. To your point, Apple store workers are definitely unionizing, and it really kind of comes down to a difference in philosophy that kind of comes from its leaders. And Hmm. so if you think about Apple stores, which I'm really excited to hear your take on this, Zach, because you were just at one today. In the Steve Jobs era, the Apple stores really kind of pioneered this whole experiential store model, right? People go in there, they're incredibly well-spaced out, there's really high-tech gadgets everywhere, And you almost get treated as if you're in some luxury location where like this concierge is coming out to kind of help you like diagnose your problem and and help you set you up with the right genius to, Mm -hmm. to take care of it. And in the early days when Steve Jobs launched the store, I think people thought that he was crazy and thought it was totally going to tank and was going to be this terrible idea, but they absolutely took off. And I think a big part of it is he made this push for the stores to be a place where Apple workers and 
essentially Apple experts could really kind of show off their skills mm-hmm. and really kind of work with customers to make sure that they're solving their problems and make the customers feel like they had support from Apple, right? It was kind of putting a face. Like to an extreme. Exactly. Like they would spend like hours with people sometimes just working through one problem. Hour long conversations. Yeah. I used to dread going to the Apple stores. I'm one of those productivity people that like, I can't stand being in a retail environment for more than like five minutes. And I used to (laughs) dread going to the Apple stores because I'd be there for like two hours because the person who was working on whatever the issue was with my computer or iPhone or whatever. I knew it was going to take me down like a million rabbit holes, but some people love that stuff. And I think more importantly, the workers love that stuff. So when that was the focus, when there's this huge focus on customer satisfaction, it made working at Apple stores and the genius bar where it's more technical staff worked Mm -hmm. a source of pride. And it really kind of gave Apple this reputation as along with really good benefits as one of the better jobs that you could possibly have in retail. Sure. Yeah, it was one of those rare jobs where you were given the luxury to really solve a problem from beginning to end. It wasn't kind of high volume pressure in place. But apparently, and you know, this leads us into the union discussion, that's changed a lot under Tim Cook. A hundred percent. And so that's what employees are saying. I think a lot of people like comparing Steve Jobs to Tim Cook. I think if you kind of think about their strengths, like Tim Cook's is a very kind of operations focused guy. Steve mm-hmm. Jobs is much more kind of out there. Like, I don't know if spiritual is the right word, but he's much more kind of this visionary founder who could like do a retreat in Joshua Tree for a month and come back with some crazy idea, right? right like he, he's right. way more on the opposite side of being kind of like an operational genius, right? Mm-hmm. More of a big ideas guy. And so I think with Steve Jobs running the show, it was more about let's create these amazing spaces that are essentially a testament to our product and our people and make our customers feel loved. Under Tim Cook, it's like, let's turn our stores into revenue machines, right? right. And so employees are essentially saying that there are all these new commandments essentially in the Tim Cook doctrine. First of all, there are new quotas that grade employees based on how many customers they handle per hour, right? So we're literally talking a few seconds ago about how under Steve Jobs, the geniuses would spend like three hours with you. Mm -hmm. Now employees are expected to churn through multiple customers in the course of an hour. There's also been a broader shift in priorities from just fixing devices for people and kind of educating them and helping them feel like they're supported to upselling customers on new products and making sure that you're like pushing different products on people. Mm. And what's really kind of become an issue here is like a lot of Apple staff back in the day, and I think even still to this day, are very technical people that love the products and they love working with the products, right? Sure. And these aren't people that necessarily feel like they signed up for a sales job, which is essentially what the roles are becoming. It's becoming much more focused on upselling people And some of the employees are saying what makes matters worse is a customer that's coming in that's stressed out about their broken iPhone isn't really in a mood to be sold to, right? So not only are you trying to sell all this stuff to people, you're also dealing with customers that in a lot of cases are going to be in a pretty bad mood and actually averse to being sold to that way. Mm. So I will say last night I dropped my computer and broke the screen. So I spent all this morning in an Apple store and just (laughs) anecdotally, I definitely noticed this in the service and inside the Apple store. I feel like, you know, seven, eight, nine years ago, when you went into an Apple store, you're right. It was, you know, a two or three hour experience. You'd sit down for better or worse. They would, you know, help you back up your data and work through all the solutions with you. And, you know, one employee would sit with you for a very, very long time. Today, you know, I go in, 
I could tell the guy who's helping me is kind of looking around. He's punching things into an iPad really quickly and just trying to move on as quickly as he can. Like a lot of questions were kind of left unanswered. And as soon as it was revealed that I had, you know, a broken screen issue, they lost a little bit of interest, you know? Uh. And as I was sitting down, you know, recovering my data, I was just kind of listening in on other customer conversations around me. And they were all a lot more pushy than I remember. Like, you know, not necessarily in a negative way, just like there were a lot of people who asked questions were getting kind of almost sales pitches about products. The salespeople were really trying to close on new sales. It seemed like there was an emphasis on sales over remediating existing problems for customers. That is super interesting. I'm so glad that you were able to experience this firsthand and just weigh in on it and, and how it's changed. Because <laughs> well, that just feels yeah. so unlike Apple. Right. And it, they've come a very long way from what Steve Jobs' vision of the Apple store was supposed to be. And what's mm -hmm. ironic about this is Apple is the most valuable company in the world. I think right. as of today, they're worth $2.3 trillion or something like that. So if there's literally any company that it can afford not to nickel and dime its customers and sure. treat them like shit, it's Apple. It's like, <laughs> this is just like the exact thing that you don't do if you're Apple. It's, it's just, I, I can't believe that they're going down this road and it's kind of disappointing to read about. Yeah. It's funny. Like the, the last guy who helped me today, I could see the look in his eyes. He loved computers. He wanted to solve this problem with me, but I could see some kind of external pressure and he just couldn't, mm. he couldn't sit down, but he really wanted to. Yeah. It, it seems like some employees are obviously really unhappy with this change in sales tactics at the stores. Totally. What does the unionization push look like right now? Um, what are we hearing about what they want changed and where this effort is currently? Yeah. So essentially workers are saying that the only way to get back to the great Apple store jobs that they had before is to unionize. As of right now, there are two stores that have formally unionized, but mm -hmm. there are employees at dozens of Apple's 272 stores that are reportedly discussing it. And really the three big things that they're asking for are to get paid more, to have more coworkers, so to add staff, mm -hmm. and for there to be less sales pressure. Because apparently the big thing that's happening is not only are these people under the gun to make more sales, their wages haven't gone up recently, hmm. and there aren't as many people covering the shift. So it's really on each worker to just take on more of a burden, hmm. and it's really burning people out. And I thought what was really interesting is one worker said that unionization basically follows exactly what she was taught at Apple, to push the status quo and not expect the bare minimum. So <laughs> Apple getting a little taste of its own medicine there. <laughs> Yeah. And like you said, 90 bill in revenue just in Q4. It's a new record. Right. They're not hurting for cash on hand. Exactly. And it's unfortunate because a lot of the time, you know, when you're thinking about your employees, your customers and shareholders, often shareholders end up getting prioritized before either of those other parties. And right now, investors probably are not complaining about this. They're pulling in a ton of revenue. I think it's hard to tell exactly how much of that revenue has come from stores and these upselling efforts. But ultimately, they had a massive Q4. And yeah, it seems to be helping. Yeah. All right. Here's an idea for Tim Cook. Just sell like 30 more pairs of Steve Jobs Birkenstocks. <laughs> you know, fill out that bottom line a little bit more. Go raid his <laughs> turtleneck closet and see how much you can pull in. Oh man, those are going to fetch a lot more than 218,000 pop. A hundred percent. All 
All right, everyone. That's going to do it for us today. Thanks for tuning into the Hustle Daily Show. We're a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor today was Robert Hartwig. Your executive producer, as always, is Darren Clark. We've got a lot more tech and business coverage for you in our newsletter. If you're not subscribed, go get yourself signed up at thehustle.co slash email. Catch you all tomorrow.